We are a nation that is hostile to liberty and freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every list. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. But soon we will have greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot beat. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield ever, ever, ever. We will never give in. We will never give up. And we will never, ever back down. We will never let you down as long as we are confident and united. The tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. Good morning, everyone. It's Freedom Friday. Another great video from my boy, Miguel Afornia, who I was just messaging on Twitter with. Where I'm banned for 12 hours. I'm banned on Twitter. Happy Friday. Make a creepy face, get triggered more. This campaign I have killed. Casey told me I'm a star. Through Iowa, I won't stop my dream. Over conversations, I wanna just go home and be governor. But DC won't let me. Neighbors make fun of me. I'm gonna start to cry. DC yells at me. Now Maggie hates me. And I know I'm wrong. Now I don't belong. This is great. Happy Freedom Friday, everyone. Oh, it doesn't get better than this. It really doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Miguel Fornia with another kick-ass tune to just showcase how shitty Ron DeSantis is. Anyway, yes, you heard that right. I am banned on Twitter for, well, now it's 11 hours and something minutes. And I'll get into that. But I can only, I, I can DM. I can't tweet or anything like that. I can't share anything. I can't like anything. And it's not because of some sick liberals. It's actually because of um, <laughs> my congressman <laughs> who I uh, went on the attack yesterday. But I have that. Actually, you know what? Hold on. Maybe we'll just, since I brought that up, now I have to find it. Here we go. All right. So, well, good morning, everyone. First, hit the thumbs up. 
hit the follow, hit the like, whatever button you got over there. Rumble, Rumble's where it's at. Comment, please leave a comment on the video where it lives forever. Helps juice the Rumble algorithm. Good morning, everybody. Hogs in the chat. Jobs dead. AP unfiltered, of course. So a catalyst in there. Jonathan Allen. Who else? Caliber. And people will be in and out, I'm sure. Anyway, it's Freedom Friday. Tonight, actually, tonight, Freedom Friday, 8.30 p.m., we're going to have Jeremy Brown on calling in from jail around 9 p.m. tonight. January 6th prisoner, retired Green Beret Patriot. The uh, FBI wanted to, uh, was trying to coerce him and force him to um, be a... Uh, and inform it for them, the Oath Keepers, and he refused. So they, you know, got a good old search warrant for his house, spent six hours in his home, grabbed some firearms that they say he shouldn't have had, and now I believe he's sentenced to seven years in jail uh, out of Tampa, Florida, for um, some sort of firearm charge. Uh, didn't go into the Capitol. It's all nonsense. We'll hear more of the story tonight. Hopefully there won't be any issues with um, the uh, the jail, and he'll be able to call in tonight. So Freedom Fridays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. We'll do memes of the week. We'll have Jeremy Brown on. And uh, we'll have some fun as usual. Because that's what we do on Friday nights. All right. So, yeah, I got a, I woke up this morning with a 12-hour <laughs> ban on Twitter. And, and uh, after I delete a, a tweet, that's when the time started. So you've heard me speak about him before. And this is, this is a person that actually we have history. It was, it was a friend of mine. Um, local, my congressman, actually. Good morning, Carol. Oh, good morning, Gulfstream. Congressman uh, Anthony D'Esposito. Now, Congressman George Santos says him and I have become good friends before the election, and I, you know, supported his election. I don't give a shit about the lies he told. The guy's record is impeccable in Congress. His voting record is impeccable. The guy can't be bought. Uh, his conservative voting is better than most. He's been unbelievable the short time he's been in Congress. Better than these other asshole New York congressional pieces of shit. D'Esposito, Garbarino, LaLota, all of them. They're all garbage. Establishment. That's what they've all become. I'm very disappointed in Anthony D'Esposito because he was not like that as a local politician. When, when, when he decided to run for Congress, I got excited because this guy's going to be America first. He actually helped me raise money when Donald Trump became president to, in order for me to get, I'm in the Nassau County Firefighters Bagpipe Band through the fire service. And we were one of two bagpipe bands to play at Donald Trump's inauguration. And Anthony D'Esposito helped me raise money to get 50 guys there, lodging the whole thing. And then he was great as a local politician. He went to Congress and became a complete establishment piece of shit. Just garbage. So he went on the, the, uh, the House floor right after they got a House speaker. And this is something out of like communist countries where you, you're going to go after your own. And this is his tweet. And he's going to bring his bill to expel, expel. Bell, throw out of Congress, Congressman George Santos, to the House floor for a vote. We must remove this con man from the people's house. This is what one Republican 
is doing to another Republican, a Republican that has a unbelievable voting record and who is becoming a conservative force in Congress that a lot of people like. And this guy, at the behest of his local GOP, the Nassau County GOP, and the people that control him, the money that controls this guy, D'Esposito, he's doing this. <clears throat> but the hypocritical statement here, and I'm going to read it, he puts out, is today on the House floor, I introduced a privileged resolution to expel George Santos from Congress. I had filed this uh, legislation on October 11th, but the action I took today will now see the bill receive a vote on the House floor within two legislative days. It's actually there off until Wednesday, so it'll, the vote will be next week. While George Santos, listen to this, is entitled to his day in court to plead his innocence, the people of New York's 3rd Congressional District deserve a representative who is solely focused on serving the public and not spending the majority of their time combating 23 federal charges such as wire fraud, money laundering, and theft of public funds which is all bullshit. He's federally indicted George Santos, but it's all nonsense, and it's proving to be nonsense. This guy, Anthony D'Esposito, if he feels that way about George Santos, I want him to publicly say how he feels about Donald Trump because he's keeping quiet on that end, and rumor has it from very, very reliable sources that we both speak to, Anthony D'Esposito and myself, he is going to publicly at some point turn on Donald Trump, will not endorse him, will not say his name because he's a rhino piece of shit. In the next line, after he says that George Santos is entitled to his day in court to plead his innocence, he says, we must remove this con man from Congress. So which is it? Are you prejudging him? Can he have his day in court to prove his innocence? And who the fuck is Anthony D'Esposito to tell the voters in George Santos's district that they don't deserve him. I, I'm, I'm not getting it. The guy flipped the Biden district by like eight or 9%. Anthony D'Esposito, if they get, they need 67 Republican votes in order to expel George Santos from Congress. Five members of Congress have co-sponsored this. The New York delegation, because they're all controlled. Oh, you saw Stallone behind me? I, he walked behind me. A lot of Trojan horses. So what this is going to do is, now I spoke to George Santos last night on the phone at about 11.30 last night, and we were bullshitting. I said, George, what do you think? He goes, I don't know, maybe they have the votes. He goes, he, George Santos likes to think the worst of things, that I can tell you. I don't think they can get 67 Republican votes to expel George Santos from Congress. He, he thinks they will. I, I, I don't see it. Matt Gates isn't going to vote for it. Most of those 20 that you know were against Kevin McCarthy is not going to vote for it. Uh, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, they all like Corey Mills. As a matter of fact, George Santos is going to be in New York today with Corey Mills on one of the uh, return flights from Israel at JFK Airport. I don't think he has it. If I'm going to listen. I like George Santos. He's doing amazing things in Congress, and I like that we let him cook for a while, and I want to see him cook more because I think he can do great things. He has a lot of great ideas, and he's actually for the people. These fucks that are doing this, they're not doing this at the behest of, a, of, of voters in their districts. They're doing it at a behest of their lobbyists, money, and their GOP local conference, their GOP committee, Nassau County GOP, that's, and, and Suffolk County. That's why they're doing it because 
they feel like they got punched in the face because George Santos lied where he went to school and where he worked. They dumped money behind him and he won the primary and blew the doors off the Democrat. That that seat was held by, that seat was in Democrat control the last 40 years. If they succeed on this and they get the 67 votes, the Republican conference ultimately is giving that seat back to a Democrat. Because what will happen is they'll have a special election I'm already hearing rumors that Tom Swazi, who held that seat, is going to come back and run again and most likely win it. That seat will turn blue, making the majority even smaller. It's like the Republican Party just wants to implode itself because of rhino scumbags like Anthony D'Esposito. So I went on the attack last night, already spending too much time on this douchebag. I encourage everyone to call their Republican congressman between now and next week early next week, and if you can today, that'd be great. And if you can tell people to call their Republican congressman and simply say, we do not want you to vote to expel George Santos from Congress. That would be so important because George Santos is an important element of the Republican Congress. He's doing great things and he's going to do great things. And he's for his district. He's for the people. These guys aren't. Please, if you can find it in your heart to make one phone call, to leave a message, send an email and say, we do not want you to vote to expel George Santos. This is commie country bullshit. These people aren't speak. If the people in George Santos's district do not want him, they will not vote for him the next cycle. Done. End of story. So. Anthony D'Esposito didn't like this meme that I made. The I bang lobbyists in exchange for my voting card and I replaced the microphone with a rainbow colored dildo. I go back, I go back a long time with this guy. I'm very disappointed, but I don't give a fuck. I don't care. You want to turn out to be a rhino piece of shit, I'll call you out. Because it's a fact, because I've been finding out a lot of things about Mr. D'Esposito and his behavior in DC. Oh, by the way, his girlfriend and his girlfriend's daughter work for the Nassau County Executive's office. So I'm wondering what they would feel when they find out that he's banging every lobbyist that wants a congressman in their pocket all over DC. He's banging them all. Drunken bars, hanging out, partying it up in DC, getting drunk with these lobbyists and banging anyone that will let him so they can get some sort of inside information and power from a congressman. This is what this is what he's doing. So because I put this out there, now this was a comment on the post, but they made me delete the original post because of this, because his staff and him on his personal page reported it. I already found out there was a bunch of backlash. So this is why I'm banned for 12 hours on Twitter because I went after this piece of shit who deserves every bit of it. And... All because he's, he literally is prejudging this guy. And it's not because he's controlled opposition. And this is what kills me about members of Congress and how they operate. So again, if you feel like it and you want to take five minutes out of your day and you want to call your Republican member of Congress and say, listen, we do not want you to vote to expel George Santos from Congress. If they get 67 Republican votes and they get, you need two thirds, two thirds vote 
to expel a member of Congress. If they get it, he's done. He's done. He's got to clean out his office. He's not a member of Congress anymore. And I don't think that's right. I don't think any why why is he doing it to George Santos and he's not doing it to any of the terrorist loving members of Congress on the other side, like part of the jihad squad. Rashida Tlaib, AOC, Corey Bush, uh, Ayanna Presley, uh, Ilhan Omar, the brother fucker. Why not go after them? Marjorie Taylor Greene is trying to censure uh, one of them or all of them. Not even an expulsion, just to censure. We'll get into that. Why aren't these guys doing that? Why are they trying to expel a member of Congress who has an impeccable conservative voting record because he lied where he went to school and he lied about where he worked, blew the doors off a Democrat in a Biden-controlled district, they're going to force a special election and they're going to allow a Democrat to take it. Tell you what I'll do, because I don't give a shit anymore. If they force him out of Congress and they force a special election and a Democrat runs, I'll campaign for the fucking Democrat just to prove a point. It is so ridiculous what these people, what the American voter allows these people to get away with. It's fucked up. Anyway, enough of that scumbag. Anthony D'Esposito proved to be a complete failure as a man, failure as a congressman, and a waste of fucking oxygen. Hmm. Hold on, coffee break. <clears throat> Anyway, it's a great morning. It's Freedom Fucking Friday. I don't know how long we're going to go on. I got a bunch of stuff to get through. We'll, go to, we'll mess around with the chat. It's Friday. I did a two-hour show yesterday. I didn't even realize it was two hours. It was crazy. Um, okay. So, all right. So, we have some breaking news. We'll do a little... This was breaking since last night. I wasn't expecting to really cover this, but again... World War Three watch. We have, uh, we're in it. We're in it, people. We're in it. We're dropping bombs. We are engaged in this war. We haven't declared war. There hasn't been any acts of Congress or anything like that. But we have heavily engaged military operations. We are involved in this Middle East war that yet, I, we, I don't think we have a label for it yet. I don't know if we have some sort of operation name for it yet but this seems like it is just uh, boiling up to be world war three i i don't know what they're going to call it i don't think you'll ever hear the official term world war three you, you won't you'll, you'll never hear that term that this is the of, of an official world war I, I don't believe it for optics reasons and because of everybody keeps talking about it breaking U.S. bombs Iranian proxy forces in Syria hours after Iranian foreign minister threatens U.S. on U.S. soil in United Nations speech. Now, also, they say it's in retaliation of the Syrians, the Iranian proxy forces in Syria attacking um, United States military assets. Operation Dumb Fuck Maneuvers. Operation Goat Fucker Extermination. I, I don't know. That would be something stupid. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin announced Thursday night the U.S. launched attacks on two bases in Syria used by Iranian proxy forces to attack American troops based in Syria and Iraq. U.S. troops have been attacked several times this month in Iraq and Syria. 
Until this evening, those attacks have gone unanswered by the Biden administration. About two dozen troops have been injured in the attacks. A contractor died from a heart attack during one assault. The U.S. strikes come just hours after Iranian Foreign Minister Hossein Goatfucker threatened the United States in English over the Hamas-Israel war in a speech giving, given at the United Nations in New York City. Secretary, This is a statement by Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Uh, today, this is October 26th, today at President Biden's direction, U.S. military forces conduct, conducted self-defense strikes on two facilities in eastern Syria used by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, IRGC, and affiliated groups. These precision self-defense strikes are a response to a series of ongoing and mostly unsuccessful attacks against U.S. personnel in Iraq and Syria by Iranian-backed militia groups that began on October 17th. As a result of these attacks, one U.S. citizen contractor died from a cardiac incident while sheltering in place. 21 U.S. personnel suffered from minor injuries, but all have since returned to duty. The president has no higher priority than the safety of U.S. personnel, and he directed today's actions to make clear that the United States will not tolerate such attacks and will defend itself, its personnel, and its interests. It just goes on and on. The United States does not see conflict and has no intention nor desire to engage in further hostilities. I find that hard to believe. But these Iranian-backed attacks against U.S. forces are unacceptable and must stop. All right. Iran wants to hide its hand and deny its role in these attacks against our forces. We will not let them. If attacks by Iran's proxies against U.S. forces continue, we will not hesitate to take further necessary measures to protect our people. These narrow, narrowly tailored strikes in self-defense were intended solely to protect and defend U.S. personnel in Iraq and Syria. They are separate and distinct from the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. Iran won't see it that way. Realize that. Neither will any of these other Islamic radical proxy groups. And do not constitute a shift in our approach to the Israel-Hamas conflict. Hamas, Hamas, Hamas. We continue to urge all state and non-state entities not to take action that would escalate into a broader regional conflict. Do you really think these sick Iranians, these proxy forces, these Iranian proxy forces are going to listen to any of that? They're not intimidated by strike carrier units in, 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 the, in the Mediterranean Sea. They want to kill American soldiers. It's like they live for this. Earlier Thursday, Iranian Foreign Minister Amir Goatfucker threatened the United States while speaking on U.S. soil in New York City at the United Nations. Okay, here we go. Iran's, Iran, Iran, Iran's Foreign Minister Goatfucker Extraordinaire in his speech at the U.N. General Assembly warned the United States okay, oh, that we won't be spared. Let's, let's check out this. Shows that we have always supported peace and security, but... Today in New York and the United Nations, I say frankly to the American statesmen who are now managing the genocide in Palestine that we do not welcome to expansion of the war in the region. But I warn if the genocide in Gaza continues, they will not be spared from this fire. It is our home, and West Asia is our region. 
We do not compromise with any party and any side. And we have no reservation when it comes to our home's security. The genocide in Gaza must stop immediately. The forced displacement of the people of Gaza must be stopped immediately. Today, Gaza is waiting for urgent and vital humanitarian aid. Which Hamas won't let in, by the way. According to international law, the Palestinian Liberation Movement, Hamas, is fighting the occupation and has a legitimate right. Mr. President, according to our negotiations, Hamas is ready to release civilian prisoners. On the other hand, the world should support the release of 6,000 Palestinians held in Israeli... So, of course, there's, there's always something, right? They always want something. And they're going to threaten. They're going to threaten. And, of course, we're going to retaliate. And it's going to be this going back and forth. And this is what's going to enter us into this, again, never-ending war in the Middle East. Yep. It's all smoke and mirrors to divert from the real Iranian collusion. Remember when they said that Trump Trump send the hell to empty places on Syria? Yeah, it, it's... I need to get hummus for Friday night dinner. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> oh, the goat meme. That goat meme um, was actually, I think, originally posted by Donald Trump Jr. The goat meme with the atomic bomb in its stomach and the trigger was in its asshole. Yeah, that was a Donald Trump Jr. meme. I uh, I, I reposted that. Yeah, we're we're involved. I don't know. Maybe there is no plan. Maybe there is. Maybe they've had a plan already. But it's, um, yeah, they, Iran, Iran is, is behind this and who knows, who knows where, where it's going to stop. They, uh, Senator Rick Scott called on Joe Biden to revoke the visa of this guy who was just speaking at the, um, the Iran's foreign minister and kick him out of the country for his threatening remarks. And, uh, you know, he shouldn't be welcome here. I don't care that he's at the UN in New York city. I think the UN in New York city should be just condemned and made into a giant homeless shelter. I think we should be defunding the UN. I think the UN should um, be thrown out of this country and just, you're out Well, we're done. We're not renewing the lease. We're just see we're gonna we're gonna demolish this building because of the all the evil that has come out of this fucking place, and we're gonna put up really low income waterfront condos for homeless veterans. That's what they should do to the UN. They should just make it waterfront, very low income or no income condos for just homeless veterans. I would be okay with my taxpayers going my taxpayer money going towards that. We're going to throw out the UN General Assembly. We're going to throw out everything. And we're just going to make beautiful waterfront condos for homeless veterans. Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll help pay for it, 100%. And then on top of that, you know, it's like almost like a one-two punch. I don't know. It's, I saw this, this was, uh, I guess, happening now or, the, the, so it's going in the evening there. It's morning here. Israel sends armored force into the West Bank. More than 100 armored vehicles from Israel's 
Defense forces reportedly entered the city of Jenin in the West Bank late Thursday into Friday morning local time in an apparent large-scale effort to arrest terrorists from Iran-backed Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad. I mean, arrest them or execute them. I mean, either way, I don't care. Open source intelligent monitor defender posted on X video of the ground force that included Caterpillar D9 armored bulldozers. That sounds fun. Almost like killdozers, huh? The post said the IDF had come under heavy fire since uh, entering the city. There were no reports of casualties. Earlier in the day, the IDF and Shin Bet, Israel's version of the FBI, reported more than 60 people were arrested in another raid that took place in the West Bank. 46 were believed to be Hamas operatives. They'll probably never see the, uh, the light of day again, which, again, I don't care. But apparently, that was it for that. Israel is sending armored forces into the West Bank with a bunch of armored vehicles and a bunch of uh, armored Israeli killdozers. I like the killdozer idea. We were talking about that not too long ago, how uh, everybody, everybody should have a, an armored killdozer. That would be uh, that would be great. Yep. So it looks like we're in it. We're in it, and we're probably not going to be in it to win it. We're just going to be in it, and we're going to spend a lot of money. We're going to use a lot of resources. We're going to bury a lot of soldiers. Unfortunately, I, I hope not. I hope not. Uh, kill Roombas. <laughs> yeah, maga dozers. We'll call maga dozers or kill. Kill MAGA Roombas, the Roomba vacuums. Oh, my God. I hate those things. One wouldn't last in my house with my giant German Shepherd. It'd be like the Roomba would try to suck up a German Shepherd hairball, and it would look like a, a poodle fucking the Roomba. That's what it would look like. <laughs> yeah, so this, I don't see anything good coming out of this, people. World War Three, watch. It'll never, it'll never get called World War Three. It'll be known as World War Three, but that won't be the, any official type name for it. I don't, I don't see. But it's going to be interesting what happens in the next uh, week or so as far as what money is going to be flying around and, and things like that. I'm just I'm tired of it. And we're not focusing on things that are happening here and, again, our southern border. At least some people are, which leads me to um, the next thing I wanted to bring up. Magadozer, Fafo, fuck around and find out. It's funny, I was actually speaking with somebody, uh, cigar-related, and uh, I might be working on something and uh, releasing a, uh, a cigar called the, uh, the Fafo, F-A-F-O, fuck around and find out. We'll see. It was an idea. I wrote a bunch of notes down. It may happen. It just may happen. Um, but again, we have all this shit going on. And here at home, we got our own fucking problems. I mean, tremendous problems. We have cities being overrun. We have towns being overrun. We have, um, oh, how, how was the snow in Montana? OG Nick, how, uh, how was the snow? There was snow somewhere else, too, I saw. <clears throat> I got my eye on U.S. aid Blinken. Nichols and Samantha Power using our money to format Marxism south of the border and helping China's Silk Route. Hmm, interesting. All right, so speaking of the southern border, Senator Josh Hawley he accuses Biden administration of facilitating the largest tra child trafficking ring in American history. Now, I've covered this before, 
And I've also um, covered it with my co-host, James Curry, on occasion. And we've we've gone into a lot of detail about how government, your money, our, our taxpayer money is going towards um, non-government organizations, NGOs, and other through Department of Homeland Security and the safe houses and how we're facilitating the transport of all these children and we're giving them to these so-called sponsors and nobody knows uh, who they are. And these kids are getting trafficked. They're getting raped. You know, when you're putting 15-year-old girls in a safe home full of men, when you're putting a 15-year-old boy in a safe home full of men, yeah, that strange men, this is a problem. You're neglecting the safety of the child. As a matter of fact, you're destroying that child because we know what ends up happening. The wristbands with the values of children and Alejandro Mayorkas looks at the wristbands at a hearing and says, well, I don't really know what those are and what they're for. You're the, you're the Secretary of Homeland Security, you oversee Border Patrol, Customs, all that shit. Even the Secret Service is under Homeland Security, and you don't, you don't know what the, the wristbands are for? So, Senator Hawley in a uh, sen- uh, Senate hearing, I believe this was might have been yesterday or the day before, and he asked, and he asked the question, do you really think that you're helping these children by releasing them to labor traffickers and sex traffickers? And then just, what, playing dumb that you don't think this is happening? Oh, this was on Wednesday. During a hearing Wednesday, Republican Senator Josh Hawley exposed how Biden administration officials have no idea what is happening to masses of unaccompanied alien children after they are released into the country. And it's a fact. Holy shit, it's 12 degrees where you are in Montana with a high of 24. It got like six to seven inches. That's what he said. That's cold. That's cold. That makes me, no. I'm not looking forward to the supposed severe winter we're supposed to have in New York. I'm not looking forward to it. Holy Grilled Office of Refugee Resettlement Director Robin Dunn Marcos, noting that trafficking of migrant children has skyrocketed under Biden, but they'll be in complete denial of that. The New York Times recently reported that the Department of Health and Human Services has completely lost content. Oh, that might have been, been meant contact. With at least 85,000 85, unaccompanied alien children since they were released to adult sponsors. Holy shit. How many kids right now of the 430,000 approximately unaccompanied alien children who have crossed the border under this administration? It's an outstanding number. How many are you in regular contact with right now? Hawley asked the official. After attempting to skirt around the answer, Marco said, I don't have the specific number because they don't know and they don't care. Look the other way. There's a video. Let's let's watch Josh Hawley in action here. Who I like him most of the time. There are some times I think he's a, a douche, but he's asking the right questions. Let's see. Senator Hawley. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Marcos, can I just start with you? You testified a moment ago to Senator Butler that every child gets a know your rights presentation. Is that correct? That is correct. Is that before or after you release them to labor traffickers? 
What? Senator, every child that comes into our care gets a Know Your Rights presentation as well as- Have you read these New York Times reports, these stories, the, the series of stories the New York Times has done on the children who are in your care? Have you read them? Yes, I have. Have you read that children are scrubbing dishes, they are operating heavy machinery, they are delivering, delivering meals, they are harvesting coffee, they are working construction, they are working as housekeepers, they are working overnight shifts at plants where they are not paid, they are not going to school, they are not cared for, they are not giving meals, almost all of it illegally. Are you aware of that? That's a yes or no. Yes. Do the Know Your Rights presentation help them in those situations? Senator ORR. Uh, That's a yes or no, I think. I, Do you really think that you're helping these children by releasing them to labor traffickers and yes, sex traffickers, 85,000 children whom you have no contact with? And your answer is we gave them a presentation before we turned them over to these people who are exploiting them on a scale not seen in this country for a hundred years, a century, a century. It's a disgrace in the United States of America. Let me ask you this. You did a, an audit, I noticed, where you gave yourself a clean bill of health. So just, just tell me this. Do you require sponsors to document their relationship with the child? Senator, we have a thorough vetting process. Do you require sponsors <laughs> to document their relationship with the child? Yes, we go through. No, you do not. You, you do not. Have you read the Senate's permanent subcommittee on investigations reports on your office? There was one in 2016. There was one in 2018. There was one in 2020. There was one in 2022. Spanning administrations. What they found is you do not require sponsors to document their relationship with the child. You release them anyway. What about background checks? Do you require background checks on all adults in the household? In cases where the child is being released to their parents, we do not require um, background checks. How do you know like it's their Senator, parents? Do, do you really require like background that. checks on all adults in the household in any case? No. Yes, in some cases we do. How, what percentage of cases do you do background checks on the adults in the household? I, I don't have that number. No. Zero. Do you do home visits in all cases? You can actually see where these children are, are being released, who you, whose care you're putting them in? Nope. We do not do home visits in all cases. Senator, I'd really like the opportunity to talk about what we are doing. To you, I know what you're doing, and it's, it's incredibly and totally inadequate. And we can read about it in the New York Times. Let me, since you say you've read it, let's talk a little bit about that New York Times report, if we could. Here's a quote from the April 17th installment. Again and again, veteran government staffers and outside contractors told HHS, including reports that reached the secretary, that children appeared to be at risk. Did you warn the secretary that children were at risk? Senator, I'm in regular contact with the secretary. And did you warn him that children were at risk? Safety and well-being of children is our top priority. Did you warn him that children were at risk? I'm not going to get into the conversations I've had. You're here and you're under oath, and this is an oversight hearing, and we need to know what you're doing because you're manifestly not doing your job. Did you warn him that children were at risk? Do you believe that children are at risk? Let's start with that. Yes. Okay, did you warn the secretary? Senator, I'm not going to get into the specifics of my conversation, but I would like the opportunity. Why wouldn't to talk you about, warn the secretary that children were at risk? I would risk. like the opportunity to talk about what we. Let's are look at doing. what the secretary said to you. The other one, James. 
Yeah, that one. At least five HHS staff members said they were pushed out after raising concerns about child safety. Mr. Becerra, the secretary, told the ORR director, that's you, right? That if she could not increase the number of discharges, he would find someone who could. And then he went on to say that if Henry Ford had run his plants like this, he would never have become famous and rich. This is not the way you do an assembly line. Wow. Get the kids out, run them through, get them out to those sponsors, those traffickers. Why didn't you resign when he said this? She has a great job. Senator, I joined ORR in September of 2022. I believe that was reported prior to my arrival, but I cannot but speak This is from an article this year. I can't speak to what the secretary. Do you think that this is acceptable to run, to, to run ORR like an assembly line and to release these children I to traffickers? I we do not run ORR like an assembly line. That's bullshit. The safety and well-being of children is our top concern. No, it's and not. By Plainly statute, not. Plainly, it is not your top concern because you have managed to lose 85,000 of them. And the Times knows where they are, or two-thirds of them. And they're with labor traffickers. It's unbelievable. Let me just ask you this. How many kids right now, the 430,000 approximately <laughs> unaccompanied children have crossed the border under this administration? It's an astounding number. How many are you in regular contact with right now? Senator, we have a number of different providers across the country. Who but what's the number? What's the number? How many of you are you in? You said child welfare is your top concern. What's the number? I don't have the specific number. How can you don't not know? No. Why would you come to this hearing and not know? Um, respectfully, if you would like us to provide comprehensive case management to children after they're released from our care, so we can report Respectfully, that I would like you to do your job and not release children to human traffickers. Respectfully. That's what I would like. I'd like you not to facilitate the largest child trafficking ring in American history. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. <laughs> I mean, think about it. it. He's not wrong. He's, he's got the goods. Where are all of these children? They don't know. They are overwhelmed. And now this woman, whoever she is, whatever her title is director of something i don't think took the job realizing how overwhelming it was going to become because of what the biden administration the biden regime and the handlers had in store for the border and this country you know i'm not going to sit here and blame her but she is to blame now because she's been there she got there in 2022 i you know but now the real question is, who's reporting on this? The New York Times wrote an article on it. This hearing right here, I found this by accident. And I didn't even know what was going on. I literally don't know. I typically don't, nothing against Alex Jones or InfoWars, but I typically don't go to InfoWars website. I just, I, I usually just don't. Last night I'm sitting there and I go, oh, let's see what's happening on InfoWars. This was the first thing I saw. This was the first thing. It wasn't the top thing. It was the first thing and I was, that I noticed. I was like, oh, what is this? Like, oh, wow. I didn't see this anywhere else. I really didn't see it anywhere else. And 
We're talking about such bullshit and money and where it's going and Ukraine and the Middle East and let's put our resources and assets in so many places and not help what's going on here. Let's keep the border open. Let's facilitate human trafficking. Let's facilitate drug trafficking. Let's celebrate George Floyd's fucking birthday. Let's fight about how he died. Let's fight about who's going to be speaker. Let's allow Republican congressmen to want to expel other Republican congressmen. It's chaos. It is literally, it is literally the Twilight Zone. Literally. This is where we're living, in the political twilight zone. It's wild. It is wild. And it's, it's just willy-nilly bullshit. So back, back to this child trafficking. The rest of Wednesday's hearing exposed how Biden officials seem to be totally clueless about what's happening to the millions of illegal aliens that are entering the country. This is another video from RNC Research on Twitter. Officials from Biden's State Department and Department of Homeland Security have absolutely no idea how many illegal immigrants, aliens, terrorist cells, military-aged men, have entered the country. How many were children? How many are still here? Or how many have claimed asylum? They have no clue. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Morant. I just want to pause this for a second. I realize... And I, I, I watch them, and I, congressional and Senate hearings are boring, unless there's it's a hot topic, and you're gonna have, you know, members of of the Senate or Congress with balls. I get it, but if you're not paying attention and you're not watching it and you're not spending the time, what are you doing? Like th- th- there are things that happen, not all of them, but there are things that happen at some of these hearings that are important to hear what these gutless fucks either who are are conducting the hearing, members of Congress and members of Senate, and especially the people that they're questioning from the Biden regime who are totally clueless 99% of the time or deflect 99% of the time because they feel, they feel that they don't, they don't have to give the American people or members of Congress at the time of day. Because they're all, some of them are political appointments. Some of them are actual just deep state civil service bureaucrats where they're like, well, we don't care about these members of Congress. They're temporary. They have to run for election. I've been here for 20 years. I've been in, in government bureaucracy for 20, 30 years. I'm not beholden to these fucking people. They're temporary residents They're going to come and go just like the president. They think they run the show. If you're 100% right, Jobs Dead, if Republicans were in control, if the Republicans had the White House right now, if there was a Republican-appointed Department of Homeland Security secretary, if if the border was being – if Republicans lost 85,000 kids – this would be on every single mainstream media, news outlet, everywhere, everywhere. And there would be impeachments inbound for everybody. 
And we're sitting here worrying about impeaching a fucking corpse because of his crackhead son and some bribes, which are completely wrong, who's never going to be impeached, who's never going to be removed from office. The Uniparty is not going to allow it. It's not going to happen. We have 85,000 missing kids out of over almost 500,000. They have no idea where they are. And Alejandro Mayorkas is going to work every day like nothing is going on, and we're just allowing it. What are they doing about him? What are they doing about Merrick Meritless Garland going after American citizens for exercising their right for free speech? We're just going to go after a corpse with balls on his chin that we have no shot because why? Because of political optics. I'm going to say it again. Going after Joe Biden and impeaching him is completely useless and it's a waste of time and a waste of money. Our money. It is a waste because it's not going to happen. But it'll be in congressional record and they did it to Donald Trump. Shut the fuck up. It's stupid. Use your head. Use your head. Let's listen to this. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Morant. Um, I love this guy, Kennedy. Since President Biden's been president, uh, how many citizens oh. have come into our country illegally or on the basis of a claim of asylum? Thank you, Senator. Um, HSI as an investigative agency is... Uh, how, how, do you know the number? No, Senator. You're a senior member of Homeland Security, are you not? That's correct. Does anybody know the number? None of you know the number. <laughs> Try 8 million. Now, of that 8 million, it's more. how many were children, Mr. Morant? I don't have that number. Sorry. You don't know. Does anybody know? None of you know. Isn't that special? <laughs> Let's assume half. Okay. Eight million is four Nebraskas. Right? They don't know. Four new states. Let's assume, I don't think it's as high, half of them are children. How many of, the, how many of those eight million people are still here? Do any of you know? Okay. Um, how many? How many of those eight million are claiming asylum? You don't know. How many of them claim asylum and don't show up for their hearing? Nobody knows. How many of them claim asylum, don't show up for the hearing, and President Biden has deported them? You don't know? How, how many of them have claimed asylum, shown up for their asylum hearing, and been denied asylum, and been deported? You don't know. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, that ended. I didn't even realize it ended. I nobody knows anything. He he did. He got buried. 
Kennedy got Barry's sexual adventures on record. On uh, he absolutely did in the congressional record. He, he absolutely did. None of them know how many children or how many people entered here and how many have claimed asylum. Nobody. They they don't know. They don't know. Ah. <sighs> They also didn't realize that people from 174 different countries came over the border and were released. These, this is from the Biden State Department. The Biden State Department. Look at this guy. Look. Did you know that in 2022 that people from 170 <sighs> different countries came to our border and uh, were released into the interior of the United States? 174 countries? Did you know that? Isn't even Sorry, a microphone. No, sir, I did not. And did you know so far How does he in not 2023, know? Uh, people from 143 countries have come to our border and been released by the Biden administration into the interior of the United States? Did you know that number? No, sir, I did not. How do they not know? You're talking about Biden State Department officials. These aren't just cubicle workers sitting in a Senate hearing. They're directors, their leadership, their management. They run the State Department. How do they not know that in 2022, people from 174 different countries came to our border and were released in the interior of the United States? In 2023, people from 143 countries have come to through the southern border and have been released. And the Biden State Department officials saying they didn't know that. They didn't know that. But the best part is when you have these scumbag Democrat Republicans, and this guy is a special kind of scumbag, this Dan Goldman from New York, literally with a straight face, says that Republicans are trying to sabotage, sabotage. Menez was talking about how Joe Biden. the issues we have on our border are purely policy issues. They are not funding issues. And that the Biden administration has done nothing to address policy. This guy's a piece of shit. That is false. No, it's not. The problem the Biden administration has is that every policy change they make is subject to a lawsuit by Republicans. So the Republicans are trying to sabotage the <laughs> Biden administration's efforts to fix the issues at the border and then bash the administration while they are doing that. So fix the issues at the border. Why did they terminate on day one? all of Trump's border policies through executive order. Why did they open the border? Why did Joe Biden on the, on the stage of the presidential debate say that we need to surge the border? Why? Do they, do they, this is, they really think, they really think you are stupid. The fact of the matter is, we're losing kids by the thousands coming over the border. The United States of America 
It's like, are we going to overshadow Ukraine in, in, in human sex trafficking and in, in trafficking of children, the hotbed of trafficking Ukraine? Have we, have we beat them yet? Because we're on our way. And the crazy thing is, we are, we're funding it. You're funding it, and I'm funding it. Everyone is funding it. Every one of us is funding it. And that's wild. Wow, Montana. You've got six or seven inches. You've got another, you have nine inches of snow in, in, in Montana. Ugh, God. I am not looking forward to this winter. I'm not. They keep saying New York is going to be a long, cold, blizzard-like winter. I can't wait to get the fuck out of here. South Carolina, here I come. Please. Someone find me a house in South Carolina. Good morning, Star Walker. Good morning. All right. You know who I did not see in the chat this morning? Anybody see Buck Fiden? He was messaging me last night. Either the FBI got him, or they, they, or Hillary Clinton got to him, because I thought he'd be here. Buck Fiden, you out there? Are you listening? Can your neighbors hear me? I haven't seen you in a chat. That's weird. I'm only saying that because I'm about to uh, talk about his favorite person here for a second. Owen Schroyer. <clears throat> From the bottom of my heart, thanks God for bringing a demon like Papa Trump. All these fuckers just looking for their champion. It was almost game over. Trump and MAGA is the only way. Now listen, I'm Trump and only Trump, and I always have been. I've been, I've been a supporter of Trump before he came down that escalator. So, oh, there's Buck Fighting. Unless, unless that's really the FBI. Who suspended you? Who suspended you? He probably got caught storming the DA building. Ah, <laughs> uh, there he is. Hey, there he is. I got a 12-hour ban on Twitter, Buck Fiden. I don't know if you caught that earlier. <laughs> OG Nick has got to go shovel. Have a great MAGA day. Listen, be careful with the shoveling, all right? Just don't don't take nine inches. <laughs> I just said that. <laughs> Uh, crazy, crazy. The loom, oh, the loom, oh, the, did they ban you on Twitter or did they, they, they annihilate your account? <laughs> Buck had dirt on Clinton's. He played that video of Hillary getting stomped way too many times. Anyway, all right. InfoWars host Owen Troy's last words before he turns himself into prison for speech crimes. Oh, you posted the phone number from Mike Johnson. Yeah, but it, that was his office number. So that's not that's not what got you. That's not what got you nuked. You can post public office numbers. That's why I didn't. I have cell numbers of congressmen, and I was going to post a couple, and I didn't because I knew that would have been doxing and, and would have gotten me nuked. Yet it didn't. Uh, you, you're allowed to post phone numbers of, of offices that you're allowed to. I do it all the time. Yeah, something else got you suspended. It wasn't the phone number for Mike Johnson. Twitter's been weird, man. Twitter is not... Listen, I never trusted Elon Musk, and especially now he's hiring some of these people back, that Yaccarino, whatever that, that bitch's name was. I, I lost a big account, and now I'm suspended for 12 hours. They'll probably nuke me at some point coming soon. Now, I, I will say, 
I have been going hard on some people on Twitter and I have this lack of self-control where I just get into the groove and I keep doing it. And I says, you know, you're going to, you're going to have a problem. And then I, something like this happens, you get a 12 hour ban and I'm like, all right, I got to stop. I just got to, Twitter is a tool. I use it to reach people like you and to promote my show and to promote other things and get, get messaging out. I have to stop responding to the comments. I have to stop just, I have to, that I have to do. I have to block more people. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyway. So Owen Schroyer was 60 days in jail. It's ridiculous. And I think, um, this sends a message to a lot of people that you have to be careful what you say and what you do and where you protest and how you protest. But again, I will highlight that Owen Shorey did not help himself with signing that stupid fucking agreement before January 6th when he got arrested or detained for uh, interrupting an official proceeding and they made him sign an agreement saying that he can no longer ever protest or picket uh, or rally on Capitol grounds. But still... That does not mean this should be happening. But I get it. InfoWars host Owen Schroyer bid farewell to his loving audience on Wednesday. He's not going away for five years, people. Let's just all, all just pump the brakes a little bit. Well, just I, I made a mistake in my life about 14 years ago, 11 years ago. I don't even know. Uh, made a horrible decision and, and, and got a DWI and I was frustrated and I told the judge who's the Democrat judge who, who knew my political stance, even at that time knew about me, should have recused herself. Um, she was just giving us a hard time and I snapped and I told the judge to go fuck herself in open court. And that landed me in County jail for 60 days. So I, Owen's in fe- Owen Troy is in federal, federal, uh, federal prison. So I think it's a little, from what I hear from people that did federal time, it's it's a lot easier than doing like your county time. I lucked out though. I knew the right people. I did. I'm not afraid to say I I, I did get some special treatment. However, you're in jail for sixty days, and it sucks. It sucks. And I, but I'll tell you this, I think everyone should experience it. Not federal time. I think everyone should have to go to jail for at least 30 days just to get a feeling for it and an appreciation for it. And uh, it, 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 it just, it opens up your mind a little bit to a lot of things. I won't get into all of it, but just 60 days should be a walk in the park. I mean, I don't know if it's write a book worthy time, but <laughs> he could call it, Owen Schroyer should come out and write a book and it should be called Around the Prison Yard. In 60 Days by Owen Schroyer. And he should have the uh, introduction written by the great Roger Stone because that would probably just propel the book. That's a good idea. Whoever, uh, Buck Fiden, if if you can get the message to Owen Schroyer that he should write a book and he should call it Around the Prison Yard in 60 Days and have Roger Stone write the introduction, I think it could be a New York Times bestseller. Uh, yeah, that's what happens when you push the pedal to the floor too much. Sometimes we have to take, we have to take 
heavy fire, and we get hit sometimes. When we get back up, remove the bullets, and we keep going. That's just the way it is. It's an information war. That's what we're in. We're in an information war, good, good versus evil, and uh, that's just the way it is. Wow, an hour already, and I didn't, I didn't get through most of the stuff I want to get through. I don't know where we're going today. We'll see. I, I mean, I have, I literally have a list, and I crossed. Man, I can fucking rant, huh? Jesus Christ. Sometimes you have to tell me to shut up and move on. I'll just keep going. 60, you rock it, you know. 60 days ain't shit. 100%. 60 days ain't shit. It's nothing. I have that much time on the crapper. Yeah, it's it's nothing. It is what it is. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so Wednesday before he went into jail, he turns himself into Oakdale Federal Prison in rural Louisiana to serve a 60-day sentence for speech crimes, leading chance of USA, USA in a protest of the stolen election of 2020. And there's a picture of him there with Alex Jones, where they told people not to storm the Capitol. It's funny, Alex Jones didn't get arrested. Instead, the famed conservative firebrand is locked in solitary confinement. Now this, I want to know about the confirmation of this solitary confinement. Where are we getting, I see it here on the Gateway Pundit, and I hear people talking about it. I guess we won't know for sure until we know but where is it confirmed that he is being held in solitary confinement i want to know the fact on that i want to know where 60 days federal prison he's being held in solitary confinement and why i want i want a confirmation where do we get it because someone just said it in the chat too who just said it Jay Scott, you said 60 days in solitary is hell. You said it. I've heard a couple other people said it, say it. And I just want to know um, where that's confirmed. It's fucked up if it's true. I just want to know. Owen turned himself on Tuesday in a final broadcast before walking into the facility to be changed, strip searched, and detained in isolation. The prominent talk show host. Now, from what I hear is they put you, they isolate you for the first, it's either days or week or two weeks that you can't have any, any communication with anybody. As some places it's three weeks, but um, that's standard. Like if they ice, they'll isolate you. If you, when you're sentenced and you're going to serve your sentence in prison, I think it depends on the state and federal is they will isolate you. Some, some places I've heard up to three weeks and you have no contact with anybody. You can't use the phone or anything for the first three weeks, I guess, until they figure out what your deal is, they vet you or whatever the case is. So uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say that he's going to be in solitary confinement for 60 days because we don't know. We don't know, but they, they will isolate you. Yeah. Classification process. They, they will. They may put him in protective custody because of who he is. Oh, that's Owen Schroyer. I mean, the guy is a, I, I guess I would say semi-famous or a little more than semi-famous co uh, commentator, at least those who listen, tune into InfoWars anyway, you know? I wouldn't say mainstream celebrity, you know? So this is the video outside the prison. 
of Owen. I wish him the best. I think this this really sucks. <laughs> Started. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you are seeing this video, then I am officially incarcerated. I am actually behind there, right there, in the federal prison. So if you're watching this, I'm in jail, but I wanted to give one last final message. Now, first of all, I can't express the gratitude and the appreciation and the thanks from my heart for all the support in this really five years of political persecution that I've gone through. So from all my heart, thank you for your continued support. And I promise I'm never gonna give up telling the truth. I'm never gonna give up fighting for you. I wanna say this, I'm gonna be there for 60 days. And in those 60 days, I'm gonna find a way to better myself. I'm gonna find a way to come out stronger. I'm gonna come out wiser. I'm gonna come out bolder. I'm gonna come out more focused. So for 60 days while I'm in there, I'm gonna to try to improve myself and become a better person. And so I offer you this challenge for the 60 days that I'm away from the next time that you see my face and hear my voice, I challenge you to become a better person. Use this 60 days while I'm away to improve yourself. If I can improve myself in there, then you can certainly improve yourself out here. My final message to you, my loving audience. God bless. Godspeed. And there you go. Hey, you could uh, you could write to Owen, and uh, he's in Louisiana. There's the address: Jonathan Owen Schroyer. His inmate number: FCI Oakdale, one, Roman numeral one. Federal Correctional Institution, P.O. Box 5000, Oakdale, Louisiana, 71463. You can support Owen. Remember, InfoWars is not paying him for the 60 days that he's going to be in jail, which to me I think is bullshit. You can uh, support Owen at defendowen.com, defendowen.com if you'd like. And again, I think you should write that book around the prison yard in 60 days. I think it would be a hit. And it sucks for Owen. I wish him the best. And uh, we'll see him when he gets out. His name is Owen Schroyer. And there he is. Unfortunate. It really sucks. All right. Moving on. Moving on. <clears throat> so Joe Rogan comes out again reminiscing about the wonderful days everyone saw under Donald Trump. Now, Joe Rogan is very critical of Donald Trump and said he wouldn't have him on his show because he does not want to help him. He said that in the past. He's not a fan of Donald Trump. I mean, he's a Bernie bro. Joe, Joe Rogan was a Bernie bro. You know, whatever. The bald-headed, UFC-loving <laughs> burnout. I was never a fan of Joe Rogan. I'll make that very clear. Never a fan of Joe Rogan. I believe Joe Rogan was always cringy, UFC commentator, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Right, he had that other show, what the hell was it? Survive, whatever the f show it was, Risk Factor, whatever, I don't even know, I, don't, I never watched it. Where he had hair, he was a, a weird host on a reality show. Was it Risk Factor? Was that it? Am I just a retard? Um, 
Owen is a good dude. What's your 60-day Schroyer challenge, Alan? What's my 60-day Schroyer challenge? I don't know. What's a 60-day challenge? My 60-day challenge is to try to not get thrown off every platform that they keep censoring me on. I don't know. You want to make yourself a better person? I'm sure that everyone could do something to make themselves a better person. It just sucks either way that, you know, they're going to, these people aren't going to stop going after people like Owen Schroyer and others out there, Donald Trump. And it keeps, you know, you get lower on the totem pole. There's only a matter of time if shit gets really bad that they'll just completely start censoring, you know, people that aren't well known at all, you know. Maybe they'll go after people on the Dilly meme team. I'm shocked they haven't gone after Brendan Dilly yet or as hard. Um, you know, people like us, who, who knows? Who knows? It, it's fear factor. Fear factor. There you go. Another Bud Light drinker, Joe Rogan, hanging out with Dana White, who clapped back at people for criticizing the UFC sponsorship with Bud Light. I don't know. I don't care about Dana White. Doesn't he have to go smack his wife around or something like that? Didn't that happen on New Year's Eve or some shit? And he smacked his wife around or some bullshit. I don't know. All these guys with their fucking attitudes in their UFC that can, you know, beat up a concrete wall. I just, they, they, all, they all have something to fucking prove. I could care less about any of them. Joe Rogan says America, without a doubt, was better before Biden reminisces about how everybody loved Trump. Well, it's true. That's Mike Johnson's uh, phone number. Oh, that's what I wanted to say. Uh, let me get back to that quick because I saw your post and I, Laura Luma talking about it. And I love Laura. We don't always agree on everything. I don't agree on everything she puts out there. Mike Johnson, Louisiana congressman, now Speaker of the House, and that prison is covered, I believe, in his district that he represents. United States congressman can't do anything about getting a prisoner out of jail at a federal prison. That's, I don't even know where that came up. It's just not in the realm of reality. A city con a sitting Congressman cannot pick up the phone and pressure the federal judge who sentenced anything to commute or, or, or dismiss or pull him out of jail. It can't happen. Wasting phone calls for Mike Johnson to say, you should work on getting Owen Schroyer out of prison on a 60 day sentence is a waste of time. Full stop reality. M public pressure for what though? What are you pressuring? Like, what are you, what are you pressuring though? That, that's the thing. He, he can't do it. He can't get Owen Schroyer out of jail. There are so many other things people could be making phone calls about to pressure Mike Johnson or other Republicans on what to do or what not to do and how to vote and who, or not to vote. You don't have to be, what are you apologizing for? I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's, I, I just, unfortunately, there's just Mike Johnson, who even, I'm sure he knows who Owen Schroyer is. Listen, I, I learned a lot of shit these past few days. And Donald, all right, really quick. Donald Trump knew Jim Jordan was not getting the speakership. I found I spoke to a pretty high level Trump surrogate and got some pretty interesting information that there are things that are done calculated. We know how calculated Trump is. 
He knew when Jim Jordan was running for House Speaker that he was not going to be the guy. Mike Johnson, very low-key guy. They're all trying to find something. I don't know him. I don't have a feeling about him. Either way, let him cook. So he was on the committee defending Donald Trump during the two impeachments. Has stood by Donald Trump the entire time since he came down that escalator. Uh, Was big on the 2020 election being stolen. Big on a lot of things. And he was a vet. They call him the low-key MAGA warrior, and that came out of Trump camp. Trump knows him, and Trump had tremendous influence and workings on what was going on with the House speakership. But nobody would ever know that. And who who knows? Realize that members of Congress, whether they're your representative, another representative, or the or the Speaker of the House, majority whip, majority leader, whatever the hell you, whoever it is, will never make you happy 100% of the time. And if you have that expectation, which it seems that some people do, you, you might as well just quit following politics and go and follow fucking football that's rigged and fake anyway. Like, it's the same deal. You're, you're never going to be 100% satisfied. It's a fact. So... They were all go like I bring George Santos back into the mix. They were all going crazy about George Santos. Literally, conservatives were like, "He's a Democrat in in, in disguise because he's a homosexual Hispanic that actually dressed up and drag and attended a party." He's a Democrat in disguise, and he has one of the best conservative voting records in Congress as a freshman. So everybody needs to kind of just. Let people, so I, and I was one of the people that said it. Let's let him cook. I supported him. Let him cook. He's going to surprise you. He's going to surprise you. Pressure is good, but pressure should also be applied to things that we know we can possibly get a positive outcome for. That, that's, that's the thing. Pe- people have limited time and limited energy. And I always feel like the limited time and limited energy of people should be used strategically and accurately. So as much as I'd love to see Owen Schroyer walk out of jail today because of some magical wand, it's just not reality. It's not. They'll work next week because they're off until Wednesday, I believe. I believe Congress is off until Wednesday and then they come back and they'll start voting on continuing resolutions and other things. And the foreign aid is a lot of, because apparently, you know, they're off, they're not in session, but I do know that there is a lot of ongoings behind the scenes of how they're going to try to figure out all of these spending packages, because a lot of people aren't happy. A lot of people want oversight. They don't want oversight. There's a lot of stuff going on. I'm finding out a lot of inside information and we're going to see how it all plays out. I hate them all. I hate them all. These are the people we have to deal with. It's up to us to manipulate them how they want to vote, how they want to legislate, 
And we have to keep reminding them, yes, keeping the pressure on that we are their boss. We are their employer. But it's it's wild. It it's wild. Anyway, back to Joe Rogan. The wildly popular podcaster. How the fuck does this guy get the most popular pod? You realize he didn't work to get this podcast. It was just handed to him, right? Like he, hey, you should have a podcast. You were on Fear Factor. You're a UFC guy. Blah, 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 blah. I, I can't stand Joe Rogan. I just can't. I can't. He's just, I can't get, I don't know what it is about him that I can't get past, but I can't get past. But I, I just goes to show another guy, and we know he has this deep hatred for Donald Trump. Is he coming around? I don't know. Sometimes he talked good about Donald Trump, but he'll never say Donald Trump's name. He's done that before. But let's 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 take a listen to him. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Boy, boy, the fucking things change. Yeah. He was in all the rap songs. Rappers would always talk <laughs> about Trump. Everybody loved Trump. It was like this now they're loving him again. Dealing billionaire character that everybody enjoyed. Yeah. I felt like he did a decent job. As president, yeah. when you look at his regulations, it's, it certainly helped the economy. Oh, I mean, sure. th- that guy who was I the feel head like of, we were in a lot better spot then than now, for sure. Without a doubt. Well, there's a lot of shit happened. COVID and the world. Right. The, world's, the world scares the shit out of me right now. Right now, I'm like, boy, this is not good. Yeah. None of this. This loading Ukraine up, thing, up not ammo. good. Yeah, everything not good. Everything scares the shit out of me. I'm looking at all of it going, fuck. Like, there's no good solutions to the Middle East. All None of it, it would terrible. be happening right now if and Trump was in office. None the of Ukraine it. Ukraine thing looks terrible. It just it just scares the shit out of me because it's just like all it takes is one person to fucking launch a nuke and the world changes forever. Right. And I've never felt like that was a possibility in my lifetime until now. Yeah, I mean, this is it is a little bit on the unsure realm of how I, you know, I feel definitely a little bit unsure about what what's going to happen. Yeah. Gee, very, I wonder who you yeah. guys should vote for. Yeah, I'm looking at like moving the ice. Who are you guys going to vote for? <laughs> we're going to be safe go for do, the fallout. Go do some more uh, research on aliens and yeah. figure out where to, <laughs> where the next vacation spot is. Well, that would be fascinating if the, <laughs> the aliens come down and stop it all. Yeah. If they're just going to listen, you dipshits. <laughs> We've been watching, waiting. It's like uh, the way I describe it is like two brothers fighting in the backyard. The parents like, hang on, let them fucking work this out and just figure out when one of them grabs a rock, then run in. <laughs> okay, enough. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah, I don't know. Just I've never felt more like the world's on the verge of being forever ruined. Who are you going to vote for, Joe? This, this is what it feels like right now. Just feels like I've never felt more like we're on. I mean, this is must have been what it felt like at the the at the beginning of World War Three or World War Two, rather. <laughs> Don't say so, three. No, stop. Oh, stop. <clears throat> I mean, come on. And then, of course, the, his his guy there, whatever he is, Dan Henderson, the mixed martial arts guy, retired, whatever he is. You know, he he had a he did point out Trump did a decent job. We didn't have a decent job. The first president in how long that didn't start any wars? They, Donald Trump is going to start World War III. What's happening right now? What's happening right now? Iran is on American soil at the UN threatening the United States of severe consequences. He came, the prime minister of Iran came to the UN in New York City 
and threatened America. You think that would fly if Donald Trump was president of the United States? Tim Pool, yeah, Tim Pool's a, a, a he's a tool bag. He is. I'll give you the only thing I like about the about the all, and it's not because of them. It's because of their platforms, and I because of them in a sense. Tim Pool has said numerous times, Trump is the guy. He's lean. Tim Pool now is leaning a little, a lot more. Right, especially with the guests he's having on. You notice all the Trump surrogates are starting to come through. He's said it many times. Trump is the guy. Trump is the guy. He has his mix there. You know, they can say they like Vivek all they want, but they know what the reality is. And I'm happy that they completely turned against Rob Meatball DeSantis. Joe Rogan with, again, a tremendous platform talking a little bit more about how things were under Trump. And my co-host James says it all the time, message over messenger, which to a degree I deal with, I hate both messengers. But Tim Pool is definitely helping the cause with having MAGA people and Trump surrogates on his show. And, you know, Joe Rogan is just Joe Rogan, but it's nice to hear sometimes him saying, well, uh, that when he says that he feels we're in a better spot then than now, but he won't come out and say Donald Trump was a great president. He'll never say it. He'll never say it. But they're all chumps. They're all clicks and views and subscribe here and there, and especially Tim Pool. They're all grifters. It's... um. It's all stupid. What do we got going on in the chat? Yeah, I, I, I covered that earlier um, about Syria. We did do airstrikes in Syria last night because they were, it was like Iranian proxy forces that were attacking our bases since uh, it was on October 17th. They injured about 20 Americans. The one American uh, contractor was killed while sheltering in place. Nobody got killed as far as mil, uh, service members. But that was in retaliation to that and basically said, well, listen, we don't want a war, but we're going to protect our people. And they did uh, do some airstrikes last night. Yes. Um, the reality is Trump has the best shot to defeat the left and the leftist agenda, which is destroying America. Trump's best shot is the American people. People just have to get on fucking board and realize and stop being single issue voters and look at the big picture and realize we're in trouble. We are in trouble. So it is what it is. Hey, you're right. The job's dead. He lost all of his lefty buddies and needs ratings, hence the right guess. I, I can I can 100% agree with that. All of these big shows, you know, of course, it's Tim Pool. You know, oh, subscribe over here for $25 a month and do this and do that, which I get. That's how he makes a living. He's got He's got a big machine there. You know, I'm not completely against the things that Tim Pool does and wants to do. I just think he's a fucking idiot. I can't stand listening to him sometimes, and especially when he has to prove that he's right when he's really wrong. And the whole, like, talking over his guests and things like that. Single-issue voters. Yeah, they are the bane of my existence. They are retards. Complete and utter 
retards. And, you know, I spoke earlier about my disgusting congressman, Anthony D'Esposito. See, like Buck Fighting, that is somebody everyone should be. They shouldn't be calling Mike Johnson to, to let Owen Schroyer out of jail because it's not going to happen. That's a fantasy, and it's not even putting pressure on him. What everyone should be doing is calling Mike Johnson and every Republican member of Congress, like I said earlier, and tell them, we don't want you to vote to expel George Santos from Congress. We don't want you to vote to expel George Santos from Congress. That seat will turn blue, and there's no reason, especially with his impeccable conservative voting record, because he lied about where he went to school, and he lied about where he worked, and he blew the doors off the Democrat in his district that he ran for. Oh, and he has 23 federal indictment charges, which are all bullshit anyway. Donald Trump has 91 counts. So this guy, Anthony D'Esposito, and the entire New York congressional delegation are turning against George Santos, and five of them sponsored the bill. They have to vote on it next week. If they get 67 Republican votes, George Santos will have to clean out his desk and leave Congress. Impeccable conservative voting record. Unbelievable. He's the only one that came out in support of Trump out of the current New York congressional delegation. None of the other ones did, and they won't. Why do they want to get rid of George Santos? You want to make a fucking difference? You have every single person make a phone call. I'm, 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 I'm silent on Twitter till at least 6.30, 7 o'clock tonight. Anthony D'Esposito. And don't even call him because he's the one that did it. It's, it's over. Every Republican congressman needs to get a phone call. Do not vote to expel George Santos from Congress. How many times do I have to say it? Marjorie Taylor green pads, green pads. Did you see what I said? Marjorie Taylor knee pads. I just called the green pads. Her knee pads are probably a little green from being on them so much. Neither here nor there. I like what she's doing right here. This is something that the New York congressional delegation should get behind rather than trying to expel a Republican congressman. They already have a slim majority who votes conservatively, who has a great voting card, whose voting card is not for sale, unlike a lot of others who sell to lobbyists every day. Representative MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'll, I'll respect her name for this one. Marjorie Taylor Greene introduces resolution to censure terrorist-loving Representative Rashida Tlaib. There you go for being a terrorist apologist, anti-Semitic behavior, and leading a capital insurrection. Thursday, yesterday, Marjorie Taylor Greene introduced a resolution to censure Michigan Democrat Representative Rashida Tlaib for anti-Semitic activity, sympathizing with terrorist organizations, and leading an insurrection at the United States Capitol complex with radical pro-Hamas groups. This resolution will be voted on next week. This is something people should be getting behind to prove a point and go after and target we have terrorist sympathizers, anti-American terrorist sympathizers as elected members of the American Congress. The whole jihad squad. Here's, here's, uh, here's knee pads talking about it. I introduced my censure resolution just a bit ago on the House floor censuring Rashida Tlaib. Rashida Tlaib is the most anti-Semitic, anti-American, anti-Israel so 
member of Congress, and no member of Congress for the United States of America should hate Israel and hate America. This resolution will be voted on on the House floor next week, and I encourage all my Republican colleagues and Democrats to vote to censure Rashida Tlaib. Yeah, yeah, they should. And in the same in the same day, they'll probably vote on expelling George Santos, which should get no votes, but the five people that sponsored and co-sponsored that bill. <clears throat> Rashida Tlaib is known to be an America hater, a Trump hater. She was the one that says, I'm going to indict the motherfucker or impeach the motherfucker, right? I mean, just... We have evil fucking people in Congress. I got I got a twelve I got a twelve hour I got a twelve hour ban. I'm locked for twelve hours because I went after Congressman Anthony Diaspazito with a meme that says he sells his voting card in exchange for banging lobbyists. That lobbyists bang him. He's banging lobbyists all over DC and that he's selling his voting card uh to lobbyists so he'll vote the way they want as long as they give him a little ass. He's a piece of garbage, and he wants to go after George Santos. That got me they, – they reported me, and that got me silenced for 12 hours. So, meanwhile, you got terrorist-loving members of Congress in there, gun-grabbing members of Congress that they should be going after. He's not doing anything for the good of the people. He's not doing anything for constituents. He's going after another congressman, and they're doing it for a political ploy because they want to have a special election – but little do they know, if they have a special election, that seat is most likely going blue again. It's most likely going Democrat. And I might, I might help to make it blue if they, if they expel George Santos. I will support the Democrat in that district that runs. It's, it's, it's sick what they're doing. It is sick. They're self-serving, gutless fucks. That's what they are. That's what they are. What time is it? Nine thirty. Hour and a half in. How are we doing? We're still going strong, huh? Ugh. All right. It's Freedom Friday. I don't mind. I'm not on a time constraint. Did two hours yesterday, and I still have a bunch of shit I didn't get to. So, uh, where am I up to here? Let's see. Let's go to... Oh, here we go. Scumbag Jack Smith. He's asking the Trump-hating judge to impose a stricter gag order on Trump and send him to jail if he talks about witnesses. That's what they all want. They want to get Donald Trump in handcuffs. They want to jail him. Special counsel Jack Smith asked Judge Tanya Chutkin, Obama-appointed twat, to impose a strict federal gag order on Trump and send him to jail if he talks about any witnesses. In August, Trump was hit with four counts in Jack Smith's January 6th case up in D.C. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. And conspiracy against rights. He's such a bad man. Jack Smith is using the D.C. January 6th case to gag Trump. The special counsel's prosecutors accused Trump of attempting to prejudice the jury pool through disparaging and inflammatory attacks on the citizens of this district. The court, prosecutors, 
and prospective witnesses for speaking the truth, for saying that he will not get a fair trial in D.C. No conservative has ever gotten or will get a fair trial in D.C. I don't give a fuck if they have Donald Trump strapped on the in the electric chair. I'm still voting for Donald Trump. I will vote for his fucking corpse. Eat shit. Prejudice the jury pool. It's disparaging and inflammatory attacks on the citizens of this district by saying your jury pool is going to be tainted with Obama and Clinton donors or former staff members who live in the district. That's what it's going to be. Last Friday, the judge agreed to temporarily pause her own gag order in the DOJ's January 6th case while Trump and Jack Smith submit appeal briefs. The judge last Monday imposed a gag order on Trump. According to the judge's gag order, Trump cannot criticize special counsel Jack Smith or any of his prosecutors, even if Trump is telling the truth. Oh, they can't talk bad about Jack Smith and all of his minions. The gag order will prevent Trump from criticizing Jack Smith or any of his prosecutors or staffers, any of the court staff or supporting personnel or any witnesses. They're so scared because they know so many people listen to him and they, they know he will expose their lies like he's good at. And it, yes, Jack Smith can leak and lie about Trump and threaten witnesses just like Letitia James can do in New York. She's literally having her own trial on Twitter. But Trump cannot defend himself. Otherwise, he will be violating the judge's unconstitutional gag order. In a motion filed late Wednesday evening, Jack Smith asked the judge to reimpose her gag order against Trump and consider stricter sanctions, including jail time, if he talks about any of the witnesses. This is the end goal. They want him in jail. They need to stop his campaign. They don't want him in jail because he's a bad person, danger to society. They want him in jail so he can't speak to you and can't speak to the American people and can't campaign and can't win and can't take control and can't hold people accountable as president of the United States of America. That's the end goal. That's the only fucking goal. They want him in jail. They want him dead. What's the CIA afraid of? They were, they were okay with murdering presidents and anyone else they wanted to. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that they haven't taken that route yet. Fucking cowards. Jack Smith referred to Trump's remarks on Mark Meadows after ABC News falsely claims Trump's former chief of staff made a deal with the DOJ and flipped. We'll get into that in a minute, too. They're trying to divide us any way possible within MAGA, within the Republican Party, within America First. They want people fighting. Anything they can do, there's a giant wall, and there's a bunch of establishment cocksuckers just throwing shit at it to see what'll stick. That's all they have. Some people would make that deal, but they are weaklings and cowards, and so bad for the future of our failing nation. I don't think that Mark Meadows is one of them, but who really knows? Trump wrote in a truth social post this week. Exactly. Who truly knows? Mark Meadows attorney, George Terwilliger, Terwilliger told NBC News and CBS News that ABC's report is largely inaccurate. 
I told ABC that the story was largely inaccurate. People will have to judge for themselves the decision to run it anyway about um, Mark Meadows striking a deal and flipping on Donald Trump. Jack Smith is now asking the judge to impose stricter sanctions. Trump's legal team has until Saturday to file a reply. It sounds like that story leaked to ABC came from came from Jack Smith's office saying, let's let Trump supporters know, let's let Trump think, let's let the American people think that Mark Meadows struck a deal with us, put it out there that he's going to flip on Donald Trump, one, in the hopes that people walk away from Donald Trump, two, that people will attack Mark Meadows and each other on the right, three, will get Donald Trump to go after Mark Meadows if he takes the bait on social media. And then four, the stricter gag order and ask the judge to jail him if he attacks Mark Meadows or any other witnesses. Except they fucked up a little bit. They should have gotten the order first and then leaked the the fake story about Mark Meadows. That's what they should have done. Mark Meadows was the co-founder of the Freedom Caucus. He was a very popular and effective member of Congress. I don't know. I, I, I don't have love for the guy. Trump trusted him. He was chief of staff. There's a lot of allegations going around, which we're going to get into in a few minutes, which have actually proven to be false. And the, and the person that put it out there just tweeted out earlier while I was on the show that he made a mistake and he shouldn't have put the story out. This is the problem. Somebody puts something out there and it goes viral for a few hours or 24 hours and everybody starts believing it until taking a step back and looking at the big picture. If you see something on social media and it's like the whole I got you moment within the movement or something else and you're not seeing it anywhere else but a Twitter post and then a couple maybe big accounts carrying it, I don't care who the fucking big accounts are. Maybe have the minimum a 24-hour rule a 36-hour rule. I, I tweeted about this yesterday. I'm not going to get involved or take a stance on the Mark Meadows flipping on Donald Trump thing until I see more. And sure as shit, I knew it. I knew. We'll get into that. The whole Jack Smith thing, they want to bait Donald Trump because they know he can't keep his mouth shut and he will speak his mind. They want to shut him up. They want to jail him. They're going to they're gonna bait him. That's what they're going to try to do. <laughs> on and on and on about going after witnesses, defendants' conditions of release, the compliance, the gag order, the witness intimidation, all of this bullshit, because they have nothing. They have nothing. They want to go after Donald Trump for this, but still, still, they will turn around and have this ridiculous... A bribe scheme, this credible bribe scheme between the, the Biden family that they knew about, that the FBI knew about, special prosecutors knew about since Joe Biden was vice president, and they halted all investigations on it. Here again, we spoke about this yesterday. U.S. prosecutor says $10 million Biden bribe was credible contradicting Democrat, liar, Trump hater, Jamie Raskin, who lies a lot. 
Former Pittsburgh U.S. Attorney Scott Brady told the House Judiciary Committee on Monday the FD-1023 file that alleges Hunter and President Joe Biden each received a $5 million bribe was credible and ripe for investigation in 2020. But the FBI was reluctant to investigate as he was running for president. A testimony which contradicts Democrats who allege the FD-1023 file was not credible and therefore the probe was shut down. Breitbart learned this yesterday. The federal prosecutor who investigated Hunter Biden deals with Ukrainian energy company Burisma Holdings said that his team cooperated with the FBI's informants' allegations of the Biden bribes and that they warranted further investigation by three U.S. attorney's offices in Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Delaware. Brady's testimony broadly confirms Senator Chuck Grassley's Wednesday speculation the FBI maintained more than 40 confidential sources with criminal information on Hunter James and President Joe Biden before political pressure might have caused an FBI investigation into the Bidens to be shut down subject to foreign disinformation. They love that foreign disinformation. Grassley released the FD-1023 file back in July that alleged Mykola Zlovesky, the founder of Burisma Holdings, paid Joe Hunter, Joe and Hunter Biden, after then Vice President Biden withheld aid to Ukraine until then President Petro Proshenko fired a prosecutor investigating Burisma. And here's Grassley talking about it. Let me assist for the purposes of more transparency on this subject. The 1023 produced to the House Committee's redacted reference that the foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden allegedly has audio recordings of his conversation with them. 17 such recordings. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses 15 audio recordings of phone calls between him and Hunter Biden. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses two audio recordings of phone calls between him and then Vice President Joe Biden. These recordings were allegedly kept as a sort of insurance policy for the foreign national in case that he got into a tight spot. Hmm. The 1023 also indicates that then Vice President Joe Biden may have been involved in Burisma employing Hunter Biden. Based on the facts known to the Congress and the public, it's clear that the Justice Department, the FBI, haven't nearly had the same laser focus on the Biden family. All right, we get we get the point. Chuck Chuck Grassley, they have the goods here because the testimony directly contradicts the House Oversight Ranking Member Jamie Raskin's claims that the FD ten twenty three form was not credible, and therefore the U.S. Attorney's Office in Pittsburgh terminated the probe. And here. 
My understanding of Mr. Raskin's public statements is that based on the determination that I and my team found the allegations in the 1023 not credible or other information not credible, we did not escalate the assessment to a limited or full investigation. Why would you not have a full investigation on someone who was sitting vice president and currently president over this $10 million bribe? Did you think it was not a big deal? We're not talking about a director of a department here. We're talking about the vice president then and now president of the United States, who is 100% compromised on multiple fronts. Once again, ranking member Jamie Raskin is playing fast and loose with the facts as he moonlights as the Biden family defense lawyer, House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer posted on X the other day. He lies about the FBI's Biden bribery record have been debunked by former Attorney General Bill Barr and now U.S. Attorney Scott Brady. In July, former Attorney General Bill Barr dispelled Raskin's claim that the Justice Department ended the $5 million bribery probe. On the contrary, it was sent to Delaware for further investigation. Bill Barr told that to the Federalist. There's a lot there. It at least, it at least warrants further investigation. It should have happened already. But the guy was running for president. They didn't do it. Pittsburgh is all cool aid hair liberals. It's so true. It's it's so true. I want to get into uh, this Mark Meadows thing a little bit. But before that, let's hear from our great sponsor, my company, Patriots of Cars. When he salutes the flag, the flag salutes back. When he questions the outcome of an election, the DOJ indicts itself. When he sneezes, people say, God bless America. Cuba imports cigars from him. He is the most patriotic man in America. I don't always smoke cigars, but when I do, I smoke Patriots. Stay MAGA, my friends. Mm, my favorite. Can I get one of those? No, Bill. We all know what you like to do with cigars. Patriot Cigars, a premium smoke for freedom-loving Patriots. The Patriot Cigar Company's story started with Alan Jacoby's love of cigars and love of America. There's no better way to celebrate the freedoms we cherish than smoking a premium Patriot cigar. Whether it's TNTs, Moabs, Hellfires, or Mark 48 torpedoes, all Patriot cigars are handmade and blended with 100% long filler premium Nicaraguan tobacco to bring you the smoothest smoking experience imaginable. Patriot cigars are enjoyed by many of MAGA's finest. Do yourselves a favor and order some today. God bless America, and God bless Patriot Cigars. MyPatriotCigars.com. Use promo code MAGA, promo code MAGA for 25% off. Orders over $100 get free shipping. That brunette is... <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, that's a that's a big cigar ashes. She's a, a big cigar influencer, loves my cigars. Uh, anyway, mypatriotcigars.com, promo code MAGA, 25% off. Use the promo code, get some merch, get some cigars, and you have uh, free shipping on orders over 100 bucks. And proud to announce... You know, those of you that are Dilly fans and the Dilly Show, which is on at 12 
noon Eastern time, every Monday to Friday, he goes live. Uh, my cigar company, very proud to sponsor the Dilly Show with Patriot Cigars. We also just went into a sponsorship. Now, Roger Stone talks about my cigars just about every day on his Rumble show, The Stone Zone, at 5 p.m. Eastern, Monday to Friday. And I just now, he has a, a radio show on WABC Radio, which can be heard all around the world. I, I think it's WABCRadio.com, um, you know, the famous WABC. On Sundays, 4 to 6, Patriot Cigars is now going to be a sponsor of the Roger Stone show on Sundays on WABC um, Radio. So that's going to start, I think, November 5th. Patriot Cigars will be a sponsor of the Roger Stone Show, WABC Radio, which I'm excited about. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool, branching out, trying to do the right thing, sponsor the right people, and uh, and things like that. So, all right, let's get into this Mark Meadows thing. Um, this whole – a tweet went out. Ryan Fournier – I can never say his name right. Ryan – Fournier, I don't know. He's a he's a MAGA guy, has pictures with Trump, the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. You see him around. I don't know. To me, I, I follow him, but I don't really repost any of his stuff. I think he's I don't know, I think he's a bit of a clownish, another clicks and view guy. Whatever. He put out a tweet about um Mark Meadows wearing a wire for the FBI and being an FBI informant while he served as chief of staff. We're talking about, like, treasonous espionage shit, right? Now, he heard, he said that this was through multiple sources and members of Congress. This whole thing didn't seem right to me. I'm reading it, and I'm like, I'm not going to jump on board with this yet. And you know what the problem is in our movement? On our side, too many of us do. We always want to expose the bad Republican. We always want to expose the rhino. We always want to expose the deep state operative. I get it, and it's important. However, just because you see a tweet doesn't make it true and doesn't mean everyone should be fire reposting it because a big account shared it, especially when it reads cryptic and it reads like mainstream media when there's no named sources and everybody's anonymous and my sources. If someone's going to make the allegation and you're going to report on it or whatever, you're going to post about it on Twitter or social media and you call yourself an investigative reporter, a citizen journalist, whatever the fuck you want to call yourself, maybe put a little context behind it. <clears throat> so this tweet came out after the fact from Amuse, who's a pretty big account. Um, Amuse, 269,000 followers, building companies, exposing equity, delivering conservative takes on liberal talking points, blah, blah, blah. It's just a big account. So he puts out this thing, and he writes a substack. Shock. Ryan A. Fournier's bombshell report. Bombshell report. That Mark Meadows served as an FBI confidential human source for the FBI while serving as Trump's chief of staff, if true, is the biggest scoop of the century. Bigger than Watergate. We're talking major espionage here. Now, of course, people were like, well, it's not the first time Donald Trump has been spied on. Look at the campaign and Obama and Hillary and all that. True. But 
that was all verified and proven. And it's like, we, we got to, we got to do better people with jumping the gun here. And I want to get into it. Why? Because everybody was guilty of it. And meanwhile, I put out something yesterday and I was like, I'm not going to buy into this yet. I'm going to sit back and wait for more verifiable information. What is that? Trust and verify, whatever it is. Everybody is using that term. I just like to, to just wait. I don't want to have that boom reaction, you know, that knee-jerk reaction. In a recent tweet, Ryan Fournier, and I, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Oh, here it is. This is what he is. The founder of Students for Trump and executive director of Radical Alert brought forth allegations against Mark Meadows, asserting that he acted as a confidential human source during his tenure as President Trump's chief of staff. These claims, if validated, could unveil a murky narrative of espionage and political intrigue resonating through the heart of the Trump administration. According to Fournier's reporting, Meadows allegedly donned a wire provided by the FBI to record his interactions with President Trump. This act, as portrayed by Fournier, transcends constitutional boundaries and ventures into a realm of criminality. Fournier emphasizes the magnitude of the allegations by drawing parallels with the Watergate scandal, hinting at a potential crisis of comparable or even greater scale. Fournier's narrative unfolds amidst confirmations from several Congress members and confidential informants. Let me say that to you again. Fournier's narrative unfolds amidst confirmations from several Congress members and confidential informants. Remember that. Bolstering the credibility of his allegations. The reverberations of this disclosure have already echoed through the halls of Congress and media houses, underscoring the grave implications that lie ahead. Meadows' assumed role of Chief of Staff from March 31st, 2020 to January 20th, 2021, a period during which the FBI was helmed by Director Christopher Wray and Deputy Director David Bowditch. The alleged espionage activities, if true, insinuate a consorted effort by high-ranking FBI officials to spy on the president, casting a long shadow of doubt over the integrity of these institutions. Furthermore, the timeline suggests that the Attorney General, Bill Barr, might have been cognizant of these undercover operations. It sounds like a fucking movie. The discourse unfolds into a broader narrative, implicating mainstream media outlets in a potential cover-up, given the leaks from the FBI and DOJ that found their way to the public domain through these channels. The veil of secrecy that shrouded these alleged activities has, according to Fournier, been partially lifted, revealing a glimpse into the deep state that President Trump Trump, hear me? President Trump opposed. These allegations, if, sub if substantiated, corroborate Trump's assertions regarding the existence of deep state operatives. We already know about deep state operatives. We already know about the deep state and what it is, bureaucratic bullshit, people that are entrenched in the deep state that aren't going anywhere because they're not appointments and everything else, using the members of Congress and everyone else, elected officials, as their pawns and chess pieces. Anyway, goes on and on and on. The alleged recruitment of Meadows as a confidential human source mirrors a sinister blueprint where unelected bureaucrats wield the power to spy on elected officials. I've said that for the longest time, raising serious questions about the, dem the democracy we inhabit. 
The narrative ventures further into the murky waters of government surveillance, highlighting the alleged spying on con congressional staff members investigating the FBI during the Russiagate saga. This whole scenario, this whole, all right, you, you hear this, right? People ran with this like this was confirmed true story. And this is the problem with our side is we do this too often and we don't wait. Hurry up and wait. Just let's wait. Let's see how it unfolds, right? This tweet came out yesterday at 3.10 p.m. This guy's tweet. Earth-shattering reporting of allegations of Mark Meadow being an FBI informant while he was chief of staff. National Pulse and the Gateway Pundit reached out to Mark Meadows and got, well, I guess since they both got it, it's not exclusive to either one of them, but they both labeled it exclusive. Now, ABC News leaked, like I just spoke about, that Mark Meadows struck a deal with Jack Smith and is going to flip on Donald Trump flip on nothing because there's nothing there and that he knows where the bodies are buried and all of the Democrats are going crazy over this. All of them, all of the big leftist media influencers, social media influencers going crazy over this. The exclusive National Pulse will use. Ex-Trump Chief of Staff Meadows blasts wire-wearing FBI informant claims is ridiculous. Former President, now listen, I'm, I'm giving this to you so you can make your own opinion. I'm not saying anything that Mark Meadows is a great guy. I don't know him. Donald Trump seemed to like him enough to make him chief of staff. Again, he founded the Freedom Caucus. He, w whatever you think of him, I don't care what you think of him. My point about how I'm presenting this is that you should not jump to conclusions just because large Twitter accounts are putting some shit out. Because a lot of large Twitter accounts who are supposed MAGA, America first, conservative, whatever you want to call them to make yourself feel good, putting out shit for clicks and views, and now, unfortunately, for money, for impressions on Twitter. Let's, let's call it what it fucking is. Not saying it's not true, not saying it is true. Do, you really have to do your due diligence. And not just jump on the fucking band. And there were people that were posting about it that were, it was really disappointing to me saying, why can't we just hold on and wait? Just pump the brakes a little bit. Let's not blast through the stop sign. Let's at least make an, a rolling stop at it and look both ways before you get hit by the fucking truth bus coming through the intersection, making you look like a fucking retard. Former President Trump chief of staff Meadows has blasted bizarre new allegations that he wore a wire while working in the White House and acted as an informant against Trump for the FBI in comments provided exclusively to the National Pulse. He also gave an, an interview to the Gateway Pundit and gave comments to them. The allegations that Meadows had voluntarily worn a listening device and acted as a federal informant were first made on X, formerly Twitter, with a claim the information was corroborated through anonymous congressional sources. That alone was a red flag for me. It was a red flag for me. Breaking. Allegedly, Mark Meadows worked for the FBI as an informant, wore a wire to record all conversations with President Trump while he was a chief of staff to him. This is not only unconstitutional, but it is criminal. This is the government we live with. 
It's up to us to change that. That was the tweet from that Ryan Fournier. But Meadows explicitly blasted the claims in a brief comment to the National Pulse, stating, thanks for checking. It is ridiculous. It is 100% not true. Speculation as to the accuracy of the claim regarding Meadows quickly spread across social media late Thursday. Ben Williamson, a longtime spokesman for Meadows, also denied the accusation, stating, this crap is ridiculous. It's straight out of the twilight zone. It's funny. Before I saw that quote, I literally, because that's what I titled the show today, I said to myself, I feel like this is the twilight zone. Before I even saw that quote. Just two days ago, ABC News published a now-disputed report that Meadows was actively cooperating with Special Prosecutor Jack Smith and his Department of Justice investigators. Meadows lawyer jo- George uh, Terwilliger, Ter- I can't even talk, however, told CBS News, I told ABC that their story was largely inaccurate. People will have to judge for themselves the decision to run it anyway. Even if the ABC News report were accurate, Meadows' testimony given to and likely leaked by the Department of Justice doesn't appear to help Smith's prosecution in any significant way. According to the report, Meadows told investigators that Trump never indicated to him that he believed anything other than the 2020 election was stolen, a key charge in Smith's Washington, D.C. prosecution of the former president is relying on the accusation that Trump knew he had lost the election and defrauded the United States by claiming it was stolen. Basically, they want to lock Trump up for believing in his heart that the election was stolen. Where, I'm sorry, they want to lock Trump up for saying that he believed it was stolen, but deep down in his heart knew that he lost off an opinion and a feeling when he had attorneys telling them and advisors telling him that he should challenge it and he lost and he had some advisors telling him no it looks legit and then he takes the information and he figures out what he wants to do as the sitting president at the time and he truly believed as a lot of us do that the election was stolen which it was Just think, although it sounds weird, it will be a confirmation that Trump is right. By the way, where's executive privileges on their story? Exactly. So the chief of staff shares a lot of the executive privilege that the president shares, along with the president's uh, private and personal counsel. Clear as day it was stolen. Of course it was. Yeah, they're, they're fishing for shit. That's what it is. And I just hate the fact... Like this guy, Ryan, he has, I didn't think he was, listen, he has a big social media following. He's out there. He was at Mar-a-Lago. He's got pictures with Trump. You know, the whole students for Trump he founded. He lost all credibility to me after this. We'll get into that in a second. Meadows indicated to the Pulse that he is unsure as to why these rumors are being spread at this time. Though some have speculated that authorities are fueling such talk to try and drive a wedge between him and President Trump and to try to lure Trump into intimidating Meadows to further fuel partisan gag orders in court. I just said that. I'm letting you know right now, I read the headline of this. I did not read the entire article. On my kid's eyes, that last line, I've said it already. And I've said it even before this. They want to drive a wedge between Trump and everybody and turn everybody on each other. They're all fighting like cats and dogs. Who's going to make up shit? Who's going to flip? Because if there's something there that somebody can flip on, it's just typical 
judicial system bullshit. And all of these, all of these things, they started from somewhere. I don't think Ryan just made this shit up. Someone chose him to leak it to in the hopes that he would do it, and he did it. He did it. So today, while on the show at 8:37 a.m. Ryan Fournier put out a tweet. Here it is. Yesterday, I put up a tweet alleging that Mark Meadows wore a wire in the White House during the last stretch. I've spoken with some of my sources again, and now it seems that information was wrong and incorrect. In fact, two of them retracted their statements on the matter entirely. I apologize for putting something out without it not being 100% accurate. That's on me, and I'll do better next time. I also apologize to Congressman Meadows and his staff for having to field questions on the issue. There seems to be some dark forces behind the scenes trying to get Meadows, and to me, that is very problematic, especially when it seems like it's being sent through the grapevines by some of our own. Some of our own is a loose term. Depends on who some of our own is. He then put out 28 minutes ago, former representative Mark Walker, I don't know who that is, is the original source of these claims. And then some people are just tweeting, a retraction and apology is refreshing and should be shared far and wide to make sure everyone gets the message. In turn, Ryan responded, I'm sending this out to all who I see that screenshotted or wrote about it on here. Please do the same if you can. Someone asked who told you initially, and he said a former member of Congress, and then it was reiterated by two current members. Stories are changing, and it's not lining up with what was originally said. So I believe it to be false and entirely fabricated by someone. And, and it is a good point. If people retracted their statements, does it mean it's not true? No, it doesn't. But if when stories start to change, it's a problem and there's holes in it. Lots of fuckery afoot, people. And this is why it's important. And I think anyone who's in the battle on social media against the evil tyranny of uniparty members, Democrats, the Biden regime, whatever it is, the fight for America first, I think it's important for you to do your due diligence when you see things and to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to look at it. And literally that is why I had put out a tweet with the Mark Meadows Gateway Pundit story yesterday afternoon. And I put out, I just, well, here it is. I put this tweet out, and this is, and I stand by this on a lot of things. I'm not going to take a position on this until more verifiable information comes out. Believe nothing of what you hear and half of what you see. I say that all of the time. Do your own research. Do your own due diligence. Believe nothing of what you hear and half of what you see because a lot of fuckery afoot. Seems like this could be more desperate distractions from the uniparty. That's exactly what I said yesterday. It seems like 
And, and that's what it seems like. I don't know about Marsh. I don't know about um, Mark Meadows, what he's truly about. I don't trust any of them, but there are so many people out there. Yeah, bring back the spooks. The spooks are out there in force. And I think their goal, you're going to see more of this. The goal is to divide and conquer. Divide MAGA. Conquer MAGA. Divide America first. Conquer America first. Divide the right more than it already is divided because it's divided in so many ways. And conquer the right so Democrats can remain in control. They're in, you can smell the desperation on these fucks. Just be, just again, before you go out and you tweet some hot story that you might see, can you just take a step back for yourself? for the movement, for everybody involved to just say, is this bullshit? Are the spooks out to play? Can we, I'm not saying be paranoid about everything, just oh, everything that you read. You want to just know that the shit has some validity to it, not just former members of Congress and current members and, and uh, anonymous sources Confidential informants, that's the mainstream media, man. Anonymous sources, confidential informants. But we want you to believe us because we're the news. We're the trusted source. You know who the trusted sources are? Nobody. Yourself. That's your trusted source, your gut feeling. And where you get your information from is important. But I always encourage you to look at all sides of the cube. Everything. What's the left talking about? What's the right talking about? What's the moderates talking about? Everybody. What's that retard on MAGA mornings talking about? Especially him. And if you haven't hit the like button and you haven't hit the thumbs up yet, this time... Over two, two hours and 15 minutes into this show, you're a fed. So hit the fucking button. Hit the button. <sighs> last thing. Last thing. Two more things. This one's going to be quick. Mass shooting in Maine. I don't think they caught the guy yet. I don't think they caught the guy yet. Um, hold on, before I get to that. Let me see if I could pull that up. Wait, where did it go? Who removed Buck Fiden's post? No, Buck Fiden can put AP unfiltered. Buck Fiden can put pictures of his dick if he wants up. I was just going to click on that. Can I click on it from here? I can't click it anymore. Buck Fiden, put that put that post back in. Put put that back in. Buck Fiden, copy and, and, and repost it because I, I don't think I can. Hold on. Yeah, I can't. Or, or I don't know how. Put it back in. Send it again. Okay. This is going to be a giant picture of Buck, by Buck Fiden's balls. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Let's, uh, Give me one second. All right. Sorry about that. Let's see if we can get this. 
Oh, this was last night. This is Buck Fiden's post on Loomer's show. See, this is why I love the show, because people give me tips as well. It's an activist show, Loomer Unleashed, right? And so I didn't know this, Will, until you uh, let me know about this. So we should have uh, we should have the writers to uh, write this up. It's a really interesting story. You, I would recommend that everybody call Mike Johnson's office and demand that if he really is MAGA, why doesn't he try to negotiate the release of Owen Troyer, who's being held in FCI Oakdale Prison? Can you hear me, Will? Yes, I can. And that also the new governor. That is a very good point. I cannot believe that. I, I, Because I was assuming that they were just going to send Owen to prison in, um, in, um, in, in Texas. But yes, you're absolutely right. Oakdale, I'm going to write this down and look into this tomorrow. Unfortunately, Mike Johnson can't do anything about it. And, uh, the governor there is very MAGA friendly, too. Evidently, he's a new uh, Republican governor that was, uh, what I believe, the attorney general. Well, that'd be really great if we could get Owen Schroyer out of jail. Mike Johnson, let's see if Mike Johnson will issue a statement about InfoWars host Owen Schroyer. Is that going to be too controversial? That can be his office tomorrow, guys, 202-225-2777, and tell him to issue a statement demanding the release of Owen Schroyer. I think that's a great idea. I mean, listen, he can turn around and release a statement. That's cool. But, you know, just, just for the record, Mike Johnson can't do anything about getting Owen Schroer out of federal prison. No congressman can, unfortunately. You know, it's um, – but you want Mike Johnson to – he might not even know about it. He probably doesn't even know about it. But he should, be, he should know about it. Owen Schroer, why is, you know, why is he in jail over free speech? But, you know, is, is that going to happen? I like it. MAGA pressure stays on. Fuck it. Why not? Why not? Why not? So, all right. Speaking of speaking of pressure, the White House. Now we had the the mass shooting in Maine, which I think the guy is still at large. They haven't caught him yet. There are reports that he might be in Massachusetts. There are reports that he escaped on a jet ski like Mission Impossible. And the White House, of course, is going to use this, and all the Democrats are going to use this, and all the left-leaning social media influencers are going to use this to promote taking your guns, to promote banning AR-15s, to promote banning assault rifles that don't exist, weapons of war, which AR-15s are not. So here is the just black and just queer enough press secretary. Sideshow Bob over here from The Simpsons. KJP. Thoughts and prayers. We want your guns. Give us your fucking guns. Listen. And importantly, we continue to urge all residents to heed the warnings and guidance of the local officials and federal law enforcement are on the ground to assist with the response. During the state dinner last night, the president was informed and stepped out to receive an initial briefing of the shooting. Later, he stepped out to speak with Maine Governor Janet Mills, as well as Senators Collins and King, and Congressman Jared Golden. He pledged full federal support in the wake of this horrific tragedy. This morning, the president received another briefing on the shooting from senior advisors, and he ordered that the U.S. flag be flown half-staff at the White House and upon all public buildings and grounds out of respect for all the victims as well. 
So I want to echo the president's sentiments on this tragedy, tragedy and the epidemic of gun violence in general. This is not normal. We cannot accept this. There have been literally hundreds of mass shootings in the last year alone, leaving empty seats at dinner tables across the country and leaving those who survive these heinous acts, both physically and mentally scarred. Oh, mental health. And while we have made progress since the president signed the bipartisan communities, safer communities act into law, much more, much more must be done. And the president has been clear that executive action alone is just not enough. As the president, as the vice president who oversees the newly established Office of Gun Violence and Prevention, stated during today's state luncheon, I'm, I know many of you watched very closely as well. And she said, it, does not, it doesn't have to be this way. As our friends in Australia have demonstrated, again, it does not have to be Mandatory this way. Mandatory buyback of it's guns in Congress Australia? It's power to pass okay. legislation that will make our streets safer, that will make our community safer, that will make our schools safer. The House has a new speaker who, who, who he said, he said he's ready to, to get to work and to find common ground. Now is the time. Now is the time to find common ground. Let's work together to ban assault weapons and high capacity <laughs> magazines. Let's work together to enact universal background checks, require safe storage. They want to go after these and keep phantom guns, guns. In the hands of criminals and dangerous individuals who have no business being armed with a weapon of war. Weapon of the war. Will continue to do everything Stop. in his power to protect the American people. Oh, really? To protect our community. He's doing a good job at that, children. right? And we urge, we urge congressional Republicans to come to the table, to come to the table if there truly is common ground at this time. Fuck the table. Overturn the table. You are not taking AR-15s. They're not assault weapons. They're not weapons of war. They're semi-automatic rifles, the same type of rifle as anyone else except they just cosmetically look mean that will walk into any venue and kill the same amount of, amount of people as a semi-automatic handgun and any semi-automatic rifle. The, I love, never let a mass shooting, never let a mass shooting go to waste. I mean, that's the name of the game. And as far as Australia goes, Kamala Harris praising Australia's massive, massive gun confiscation. The, the mandatory gun buyback. Didn't Canada do that as well? Look at this. Look at this twat. Once again, routine gatherings, this time at a bowling alley and a restaurant, have been turned into scenes of horrific carnage. Doug and I mourn for those who were killed. Because it's the guns, right? It's the guns, it's the guns, it's the fucking guns. Nothing about mental health. This guy threatened, he's supposedly a firearms instructor, threatened to shoot up a National Guard station, was, was confined to a mental health facility was a fucking mental patient 
still was able to get a firearm. I don't know. No reports on if he bought it. We don't even know where the guy is. If he bought it legally or what the case was, was known by the FBI, was known by law enforcement because of the mental history and threatening to shoot up a National Guard station. Maine has yellow flag laws where guns could be temporarily confiscated. Not quite red flag laws. What the fuck a yellow flag gun law is? I saw that. But what's the answer? Not to address the mental health crisis in this country, especially what has happened over the past three and four years of this fucking COVID scandemic where people were locked down. They want to complain and sue Facebook about their kids staring at screens all day. They were the ones that made that happen by locking everybody down and closing every public facility that kids could go to, including schools, and had like putting a dog in a cage and not having any fucking socialization. Well, that's what happens with people. They go crazy. And then just relying on big pharma to just pump people full of drugs. And then when they can't afford the drugs and they're off their medications and they can't, it's all fucked. Ew, you think Doug is banging Jill? Well, they did share a few kisses. We pray for those who were injured. Fuck you. And grieve with so many whose lives are forever changed and impacted by what happened. The Biden-Harris administration will continue to provide full support. She loves saying that. The Biden-Harris administration. She's so fucking useless. To local authorities. And as we gather details, we must continue to speak truth about the moment we are in mental in our health. country today the leading cause of death of american children is gun violence that's bullshit gun violence has terrorized and traumatized so many of our communities in this country and let us be clear let us be it clear. does not have to be this way as our friends in Australia have demonstrated. Wow. And with that, then. Australia confiscated guns. And then put people in COVID camps. There's no protection against your government if you live in Australia. There's, there's no protection against a tyrannical government. No, they're going to pull you out of your home and they're going to put you in COVID camps, among other things. Leading cause of death? Give me a fucking break. Disarm the population. Was it 400, over 400 million guns? This again, they're great gun salespeople because it makes me want to go out and buy another AR-15. They will never take them. This, this is, they, it's unbelievable that they will just use every time somebody gets killed in a mass shooting, it's the guns, it's the guns, it's the guns. And they will never address anything else about it. They will never, you'll never hear them say or answer the question, how do we stop criminals from getting guns if they really want them? When you have a southern border opening allowed, allowing Tremendous amount of firearms coming in with the cartels being sold on the black market. Yeah, people violence promoted by racist Democrats. Ain't that the fucking truth? Biden-Harris policy is the leading cause of death among Americans. Are you kidding? 
Are you, are you kidding me with these people? Look at Australia. Look at Australia. The United States is not Australia, you dumb cunt. She should be barred from holding public office for attacking the Second Amendment and the Constitution in the position she's in. Praising a foreign country's tremendous, massive gun confiscation program. Literally confiscated hundreds of thousands of guns, Australia, in a massive mandatory gun buyback program. You didn't buy them from the Australian government, but you got to sell them back to the Australian government. It is unbelievable. I'm not unlocked. I, I still can't tweet. I can't retweet. You can go to my, as a matter of fact, AP, go to my profile and just see what it says. I'm literally, I'm, I'm, I'm unfrozen at like six o'clock tonight, six or seven o'clock tonight. I found it at six 30 this morning. I was locked. I had to delete the tweet. Yeah. I'll tell you right now. Let's test it. You ready? Let's go to my Twitter page. Dun, 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 dun. Profile. Let's see. Maybe I'm, where am I here? Here's my Twitter. You should follow me. A Jacoby, 1776. Okay, I'm going to try to retweet today's show. Repost. We've temporarily limited some of your account features. What happened? We have determined that you have violated the Twitter rules, so we've temporarily limited some of your account features. While in this state, you can still browse Twitter, but you're limited to only sending direct messages to your followers. No tweets, retweets, fleets, follows, or likes. Your account will be restored to full functionality in eight hours and one minute. <laughs> All because I told Congressman Anthony D'Esposito he was a cuck and I made a meme about him and he got butt hurt. But that's the way it goes. One other thing, one other thing, I promise. Two and a half hours, you fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back tonight, 8.30 p.m. Eastern with James Curry. We're going to, if you didn't know, again, just to remind everybody tonight, Freedom Friday, James and I are going to have Jeremy Brown on, former January 6th prisoner. He's going to be calling in from jail, hopefully. He's incarcerated seven years in Tampa, Florida for a, for a firearms charge, which is bogus and bullshit because he would not become an informant of the FBI and rat on the Oath Keepers in reference to January 6th. He never went inside the Capitol. Jeremy Brown January 6th prisoner, retired Green Beret, great American patriot. He will be calling in from prison this evening at around 9 p.m. The show starts at 8.30 p.m. We'll be doing memes of the week. We'll be ha hopefully Jerry, Jeremy Brown will be able to call in. No problem. We'll be able to hear him. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully have him, and we'll have a good show tonight, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Freedom Fridays, with myself and my ugly co-host, uh, James Curry. One other thing, you remember the General Lee, the General Robert E. Lee statue in Charlottesville back, you know, when all that Charlottesville bullshit happened and they took the statue down, one of the st many statues they took down because it offended people and it's a sign of racism and, you know, they just want to delete American history. Well, I hate to tell you all that According to, I'm going to pull up the tweet because I don't subscribe to the Washington Post. <sighs> the statue's defenders, the General Robert E. Lee statue, 
The statue's defenders more recently sought to block the city from handing over the Lee statue to the Charlottesville Black History Museum, which had proposed a plan to repurpose the metal, melt down this statue that's been there forever, a product, a, a sign of American history. They proposed to repurpose the metal, and in a lawsuit, those plaintiffs suggest the monument would remain intact or be turned into Civil War cannons. But on Saturday, the museum, the Charlottesville Black History Museum, went ahead with its plan in secret at this small southern foundry in a town and state the Washington Post agreed not to name because of participants' fear of violence, went ahead and melted it down. And here's the Robert E. Lee, the General Robert E. Lee statue from Charlottesville that they demanded to take down because it offended people. Here it is being melted down. Just cutting that fucking face right off, and they videotaped it. American history just fucking melted. Melted away. Melted away. Because... Fuck you, that's why. And here it is. Here it is again. Charlottesville's Robert E. Lee statue has met its end in a 2,250-degree furnace. The divisive Confederate monument, the focus of the deadly Unite the Right rally in 2017, such bullshit, was secretly melted down and will become a new piece of public art. General... Robert E. Lee's statue will most likely become a bust of George Floyd as the ultimate fuck you in the ass. Here he is. Here's his face being melted down by the Charlottesville Black History Museum. And you want to know something? You know whose fault this is? Our fault. It's my fault, and it's your fault, because we allowed black people to be victimized by white liberals for a long, long time. We allowed it. We looked the other way. We didn't do enough. We didn't do enough, and we still don't do enough. White liberals... This this is a this is a example of what white white liberals are capable of. The Summer of Love, Black Lives Matter, Antifa are all examples of what white liberals are capable of, and we allow it to happen. Our government allows it to happen, and that's a problem. That is a problem, and I think it's going to keep happening unless we make some real big, big changes. The Patron Saint of Fentanyl. That's a great shirt. Oh, I want to do that. George Floyd's picture. Patron Saint of Fentanyl. With like, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, I think so. I'm getting really excited over that one. Anyway, 
What do we got going on in the chat? Anything? We're over two and a half hours in. I think we're, I think, I think we're going to call it. Anybody got any interesting stuff going on on the weekend? We got anything happening? Join the Discord. Make sure you're hitting the follow button. Make sure you're hitting the like button. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. I'm going to end with this video. It's, you know, this says a lot what has to happen. We got to get our asses out of our... We got we to get our asses in gear. Because it is war. Yes, they are. I'm ready. Revenge tour. Ready for the revenge tour. We got to make it happen. We got to make it happen. Trump 2024. We got to make it happen. All right, everybody, listen, I'll be back tonight, 8.30 p.m. Eastern with James Curry. We'll have Jeremy Brown on. We should it be a good show. We'll do memes of the week. I'm sure we'll get into a bunch of other stuff. Maybe me and James will fight about something we always do. Until tonight. Oh, as of right now, there's no show Monday morning. There's no MAGA morning on Monday. And it's really going to be weather-related. I have a cigar event and a golf outing I have to do all day long. I have to be there in the morning. So I'll be back tonight, 8.30 p.m. Eastern with James Curry. Uh, you'll know over the weekend if you're monitoring Twitter. But I... The, if the weather depending, if it's a rainy, crappy day, I'm not, not doing it and I'm going to do a show. But if not, just expect me Tuesday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern back. So if I don't see you tonight, enjoy the weekend. Hopefully I'll see you in the chat. MAGA hat stays on. Talk to you soon.